Hey folks, Steve Lewis here. Welcome to Relevance for today. Once again, we've got Dr. John Burpee in the studio. We're going to be talking about his book, Milestones to the Miraculous. Stay tuned, folks. This one's awesome. Okay, folks, once again, I've got Dr. John Burpee in the studio, long distance. Dr. John, welcome to the studio again. <laughs> welcome on the show. <laughs> Thank you. It's great to, great to be here with you today, Steve. Yes, and so for those of you who have not listened to our previous episode together, make sure you listen to it. Dr. John Burpee, a chit-chat with Dr. John Burpee. Awesome, awesome show. The man has got some gifts. I'm telling you right now, he's anointed and he's down to earth. He's touchable. So that's awesome. So I'm going to go ahead. What we're going to do in this episode is we're going to be talking about his new book and I'm going to read the intro to it. And then we're going to jump in because I want you folks to check this book out. You really need to get it. And, uh, but here we go. Milestones to the miraculous. Enjoy the journey, receiving the miraculous ministering in the miraculous. There are so many people that need a miracle, a healing, or even breakthrough. I believe as you read each chapter of this book, you will discover biblical principles with simple applications that will help you receive all that God intends for you. This book is about discovering your identity, your God-given purpose. It's about coming into alignment with God's word and his ways. It is about receiving and releasing. As you go through each chapter, you will find yourself getting set free of religious mindsets and coming into all of what the kingdom of God has to offer. You will also learn to operate from your spirit and to hear God's voice. As you come to the end of this book, you will know how to engage, receive, and release the kingdom of God, releasing salvation, miracles, signs, wonders, deliverance, and empowerment on earth as it is in heaven. You will also learn about apostolic authority and the power that goes with it. You will realize to move in that apostolic authority and power, you will need to continually keep yourself positioned in God's word and in a place of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. This book will inspire you to go into the entire world, take territory, advancing the kingdom of God. Enjoy the ride. How is that? Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay. Enjoy the ride. Yes, sure. enjoy the ride. So tell us, Dr. John, we're going to jump right in. Tell us about the book. How did the book even come about? You've been in ministry for 30 years. You've been a minister for 20. And uh, how'd the book come about? Right. I actually, I pastored 25 years. 25 years. Probably getting closer to being in ministry, closer to 40 years. Now. Oh, wow. And so, um, but what happened was, um, Nancy and I, we've moved in Miracle Signs and Wonders for a year, all the way back to the early 80s, uh, right after we got saved. We got, we got saved in 79. Mm. And, uh, I mean, we started seeing things happening in the Philippines before we even left the Philippines while I was stationed there in the Air Force. Mm. But, um, yeah, we've done Miracle Crusades around the world. Uh, done leadership conferences on on miracles, signs, and wonders, and helping people to position themselves coming into alignment with their assignment, and uh, but always expecting God to show up everywhere Jesus went. He declared and he demonstrated, mm -hmm. or he demonstrated and he declared. So it's great to declare God's word 
and all of what he said and what he can do and what he does. But I think that we need to follow our model, Jesus, and not only declare, but demonstrate it. Yes. Because Scripture says these signs shall follow. Mm-hmm. And that's, what, that's what the Lord wants. He wants to work his miracles through us. So what happened, uh, Stephen, was years ago, I was in Huntington, Pennsylvania, preaching for a good pastor friend of mine. And um, I gave, I just gave a, a call for people that had extreme pain in their body. I said, if you have extreme pain in your body, just stand right now. God's going to take care of it. Mm. It's going to go. And several people stood. I didn't go lay hands on them or anything. I just spoke the word. And I just commanded because we have that authority to speak to pain to go. And I just commanded the pain to leave these people's bodies. And every one of them that stood got healed instantly. The pain wow. left immediately. So after the service, the pastor came to me and he said to me, he said, he said, John, what are the milestones that you've gone through to get to where you're at today? Mm. And I thought, wow, that's a good question. So I kind of had that on the back burner for several years, and I would think about it, and different things would come up into my mind of how I came into alignment with my assignment, um, how I came to to a milestone of understanding the authority I had as a believer. Um, My identity in Christ was a huge, huge milestone that I went through, um, breaking away from the corporate religious spirit, getting out of that, and moving into uh, a kingdom mindset, uh, conquering the spirit of fear, mm. um, and how to take territory. These were just some of the milestones that I had gone through. And so um, so as I was thinking about this, um, I started listing some of the milestones and the encounters that I had. And, and one of the neat things about reading this book when people get a hold of this book and what I encourage people to do while you're reading about some of the milestones that I've gone through, mm-hmm. it's important for you to begin to sit down and write and start thinking about reflecting on what are some of the milestones mm-hmm. that I have gone through? What are some of the milestones that you have gone through personally in your own life, whether you've been healed of cancer, whether you uh, uh, came out of a, an abusive or an addictive lifestyle and how God set you free. Those are major milestones. And so what's happened with me, Stephen, is these milestones have helped launch me continually from one level to the next level to the next level. And as I would go through these milestones, I would get a greater revelation. And then I would move from that revelation into greater authority, greater power, and greater responsibility. And that's how my ministry, Nancy, and how our ministry grew over the years mm-hmm. by recognizing these milestones and and reflecting on how we responded. You know, many times people have a lot of negative things that can happen in their life, mm-hmm. whether somebody's done it to them or they've done it to themselves or it's just life. And so they look at the negative things and they, they just can't figure out how to move forward. And so in this book, Milestones of the Miraculous, I went through some real hard deals, you know, getting attacked by a bull mm. and, um, you know, having excruciating pain. But what I did was I was able to look and reflect on that and see how that 
you know, and according to how we respond, that's the main thing. It's not as much what happens to us, but it's how we respond. Right. If we respond in a godly way, we can take these negative things and turn it into a real positive ministry. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people came out of addictions of alcohol and drugs, uh, heroin addicts, that God is using. These people are personal friends of mine. God is using them incredibly Amen. because they took these markers in their life and they looked at them and they turned it into a positive testimony, which became a powerful ministry. So anyone listening to this, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what your hardships are, or even successes, you can take and turn those into milestones that become effective ministry and helping to reach other people's lives. And so, uh, and, and so that that is so important. You see, let, let me just get into the uh, branding. There's a there's a uh, part here in the book where I talk about branding and how lots of times people will take their past experiences, whether it's a failure or somebody has raped you, molested you, mm-hmm. you come out of human trafficking, you come out of real hardships, and now if you're not careful, you can walk with a victim mentality and always be blaming someone else Mm. because you can't move forward. Well, God can take anything you've come out of, and he can rebuild it and bring restoration and just breathe on you and move you into a very, very powerful ministry. And so, but we have to learn how to respond and how to move forward in that. And so I tell a lot of people, even like, Some people, they allow their careers, they allow their spouse to be part of their branding. And, um, but once you learn who you are in Christ and your identity in Christ, it's not about what's happened to you in the past anymore. Uh, You know, one of the stories I have in in the book is about a, a good friend of mine who played for the Buffalo Bills, professional football player. And that was his career. That's all he knew. That was his identity. That was his brand. And uh, my goodness, when when uh, he got hurt, he got hurt and he had to get done playing football. Mm. And when he got done, he lost his identity. He, he, he didn't know how to handle life. He went through depression. He went through all kinds of things. And then he had a, he had a man of God speak into his life and help help him to step into his identity. And this guy became a major minister. He had an incredible healing ministry. He just passed away a couple of years ago. He died of cancer. But this guy stepped into his identity. Mm-hmm. And my goodness, he was a giant. He was like six foot six. A, <laughs> you know, I mean, a well-built football player. Wow. And he would just go in and he would just hug on men. He had a great men's ministry also, just mm-hmm. helping people come into their destiny and into their future. And so he shared his story on how he lost his identity and he came into it. And, uh, and then um, lots of times you're what, what you're going through and what people have done to you. If you don't get rid of that, you know, for instance, unforgiveness, mm-hmm. I deal with that in my book. And cause a lot of people, they're trying to receive a healing. They're trying to move forward in ministry but they have so much bitterness and hatred uh, 
towards uh, people. Some of these people aren't even alive anymore, but they're still carrying that hatred and stuff. And it reminds me of a woman that Nancy and I were ministering to. Her body was full of arthritis. She had fibromyalgia. And lots of times, and it, it's proven medical, it's medical science that if you have bitterness and unforgiveness, it can mess with your autoimmune system. Mm. And big time. And so this is what was happening with this woman. And so uh, we were ministering on a Sunday morning. And we were trying to minister. And she just couldn't get her healing. The pain was excruciating. And I just, the Holy Spirit just prompted me to ask her. And I'm very careful with this. You know, I, I always leave that up to the Lord. I'm not saying, well, you, have, you don't have enough faith. Or you have too much sin or this or that. But if there's something obvious and the Holy Spirit speaks to me about it, I'll, I'll speak it out, and I try to do it very carefully to not allow other people to hear what I'm saying. But I spoke to her, and I said, do you have any bitterness or unforgiveness in you that may be keeping you from receiving this? And then she shared her story mm. about how her dad had raped her in her mm. home, three different homes. Her dad had raped her several times over the years. Mm. And he had passed away and she had so much hatred and unforgiveness. And, and, you know, we understand that. We understand that. But at the same time, it was only hurting her because her dad had passed away. Mm -hmm. And so Nancy went out and had lunch with her. And during that time, she, Nancy just suggested to this lady, somehow just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to forgive your dad and to release him. And so she told Nancy, she says, I'll do that. So she went home and she was kind of, I don't know if she had an open vision or a dream, but it was real and it was powerful and it brought an incredible change. And so she went home, she started having this vision where she was sitting at the computer and it showed the first house where her dad started molesting her and raping her. And what she did was, she would hit the delete button. Mm. It would be in a room, she would hit delete. Another room would pop up, she'd hit delete. And after she deleted every room, that house disappeared. Wow. And she could start to feel the pain leaving her body. Mm. And then the next house showed up, and she did the same thing. And then the last house, and when she was all done deleting the pain in her the fibromyalgia, the arthritis was totally gone. She got healed. That's an Praise incredible God. story. Yes. That's, empower that's powerful. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we have to be so careful that if we, if we want God to use us and to operate in and through us, we have to get rid of this stuff. This, this mm -hmm. is resistance. This right. is, these are things that keep the power of God from flowing. Mm -hmm. I use an illustration. I did avionics while I was in the Air Force, and I was also a strategist. I was a battle staff coordinator in the, in the Southeast Asia for three years. And, um, but in the avionics side, electricity, when you take a dimmer switch and you adjust the dimmer switch up and down, what you're doing is when you're dimming a light, you're putting resistance in the circuit. And so we're, we're the, the more resistance, the less the power can flow. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at that spiritually, when we have doubt, fear, unforgiveness, when we have these things in our life, what that does is that we're, we're a conduit for God. God wants to flow through us. 
whether to receive something or to minister in some way to someone else. And so, but when we have this stuff in our life, unforgiveness or or uh, sin or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. uh, that keeps that limits the power of God from flowing through us. So, uh, when this woman began to delete and forgive her dad, that resistance left, and she was able to receive from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way in ministry. You know, uh, and not carry things. You know, I've carried stuff. I I had I had a hatred for my father. My father was uh, uh, not good to my mother. Uh, he was he was unfaithful and and uh, I mean I I hated my dad. I didn't want him in my home. I didn't want him around the kids. I was pastoring. I was pastoring. Oh wow! And uh, one day the Lord said to me, uh, "You need to go and ask your father to forgive you of your attitude towards him." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I mean, honestly, I just was, I was blown away by that. Right. But I prayed into that, and I talked to Nancy about that. And I'm telling you something, brother. My wife and I went to my dad and his new wife. I went in there. I didn't I didn't lay all this stuff out, why I was mad, mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. And I just said to him, I said, Dad, will you forgive me? And, and Lori, will you forgive me of my attitude towards you? And you're welcome in my home. You're welcome around my kids. My father really didn't know what to do with that. But he accepted that. And I ended up leading my dad to the Lord. Mm. When my dad dad passed away, I did his funeral. And all my siblings and my mother, all of that relationship with my dad and his new wife, that was all restored. Mm. It was very, very powerful. But here I'm preaching. I'm preaching. I'm a pastor. And I have this hatred. But I'm telling you something, Stephen. When I let go of that and I forgave my father, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, well, actually, I didn't. I, I forgave my father, but when I asked him to forgive me of my attitude, yeah. it set me free. It was powerful. Mm. And so the stories like these that are in the book that help bring practical application to the real-life deals that we go through, hurt, the pain, the, uh, the rejection, mm-hmm. I deal with that. You know, I deal with people trying to, you know, it's like Saul trying to put his armor on David. Yeah. And people, people tried to put their armor on me. They, they tried to mold me into somebody that I wasn't. That's why this minister's network that, that we have, this is like David's army. Mm. And these guys, these folks, these men and women that are in this network, they're not lone rangers. They're not, uh, you know, uh, you know, disobedient people. What they are is they are passionate leaders, ministers that just want to do what God wants them to do, and and they want to be they want to be received, they want to be celebrated, mm-hmm. and so I call it David's army because nice. you know David's army seemed like a bunch of misfits, but yep. they were the right people for the right time and the right season, Amen. and I believe uh, destiny. Churches and uh, and uh, Ministries International is a is a great ministers network with a lot of awesome people, and a lot of these people they can relate to the stories in this book, mm-hmm. and so uh, so we have to be so careful. You know, I, I I when I get done pastoring, I pastored for twenty five years. When I get done pastoring, I went through a whole branding process on coming into the new me, why do I exist? Mm-hmm. 
and all of that. So when you look at johnburpee.com and you look at the website, that was all part of the branding of why I exist today and all of that. But growing up, you know, um, it, it was tough. You know, I'm, I was five foot seven. I had a last name Burpee and Burpee is a famous name in Canada. They got the Burpee Seed Company of a Burpee National Forest and, and it's a great name. Plus in the military, you got one of the greatest exercises there is in the military. Oh, gosh, yes. And, and so uh, <laughs> when you're a kid in school and people want to tease you about oh, your yeah. last name uh, and make fun of you, it puts a chip on your shoulder. Mm. I would get into a lot of fights. I mean, honestly, I got kicked, Stephen, I got kicked out of the fifth grade, out of the school wow. for fighting. I ended up having to go across town and go to another school to finish the fifth grade. And I would get into fights on the way home. I get into a fight with a, with a paper boy one time, and he had all this money in his pocket, and it was falling out of his pants' pockets while I was fighting him, <laughs> and all the other kids that were watching took his money. Oh, no. And his mother and another woman, one time I was down in the brook uh, fishing, and they came after me. They tried to drown me in a brook. Oh, I mean, my it was word. crazy. So this woman came to my father's house. We were, my brother and I were living with my dad at the time. And this woman knocks on the door and she's all upset because I'd beaten up her son. And, and just as she got ready to leave, she said to my father, she goes, you know, your son is a born leader. He's just leading them in the wrong direction. Wow. And I thought, wow, that, that was powerful. But see, that's the branding and, and, and that, that you go through, whether, whether you're teased about your name or whatever it might be, uh, you can't carry that into your future, you know? And so what happened was, while I was going through the branding process, I began to see this picture of these these uh, cattle rustlers. And they were out rustling, stealing cattle from places and taking things that didn't belong to them, and they were putting their brand on them. Mm. And it was stolen. It basically, it was stealing their identity. Kind of reminds me of John 10, 10. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yes. comes to give you life and life abundantly. Amen. And so the devil's always out to steal your identity and, and to kill your desires and to destroy your soul. And so, but here's here's what's happening here, and I, and I allude to this in, in the book, is that uh, we have to be so careful of what, circumstances you what you've gone through what people have spoken over you how they've disqualified you and trying to keep you from moving into your god-given purpose right and so i deal a lot with this in the book also on how to come into alignment with your assignment see every one of us Stephen, you've heard me speak to this several times but every one of us any every person that is listening to this podcast right now, God has a purpose for you. Mm -hmm. No matter what you may have gone through, no matter what you think may disqualify you, everything that Christ did through his death, burial, and resurrection will requalify you, will put you back in the position mm -hmm. of his God-given purpose for you so that you know every morning when you wake up, you know why you exist. And it's so important that we get clarity of that and and uh, so that we can be intentional because, you know, the scripture talks about this one scripture that when you walk in his blessings, the favor of God is around you like a shield. Mm. It's amazing. And when you look at the word favor, 
when Mary was pregnant with Jesus and, and the angel Gabriel came to visit her, he said, he said to her, the favor of God is with you. And you look at Joseph's life, you know, and everywhere Joseph went there when he was going through the prison uh, thing and all of that, the, the, the guard and, and uh, the leaders, they all said to him, you know, God is with you. The favor of God is with you. And look at Joseph. Joseph forgave those that treated him justly. Yes, he did. He stayed true to his dream. I mean, it, 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 he didn't have any unforgiveness uh, in him. You know, can you imagine having a dream like Joseph and being mm. behind bars? Maybe thinking, you know what? This is not my dream. But Joseph stayed true to everything. Why? Because the favor of God was with yes. him. The favor of God was with Mary when she was pregnant with Jesus. She had a visitation. That word favor is is like a, a caris, and it has a twofold uh, meaning the first of it, the first part of that is God's attraction to you. That's what God's favor is. It's His attraction to you. And why is He so attracted to you? Because you are walking in His purpose. Mm. That's why it's so important that we don't pick up somebody else's purpose. What what is what is God's given purpose for you as an individual? When you start walking in that, when you start having clarity and start being intentional and you find your sweet spot, my goodness, the favor of God is with you. People start collaborating. Uh, the windows of heaven open, mm. heaven open for finances and doors of opportunity open. It's an incredible place to be. And you're getting out of bed every morning knowing what your God-given purpose is, why you exist. I tell people, if you're still sucking air, God has a purpose <laughs> for you. And you need to find out what it is. I'm a dream coach. I help people uh, with their dreams. Mm. Not not a dream they had last night, but what is your dream? What is God asking you to do? So I have several dream uh, coaching questions that I do on my dream launch that I take people through. And what that does is that helps them to identify their God-given purpose. And then what I do is... Um, Sometimes their purpose may entail three or four different aspects, uh, three or four different areas. So I help them prioritize those areas and then develop strategies in each one of those areas, set goals and action steps. So now they are intentional in walking out their dream. Mm. And the greater the clarity, the more intentional we are, the more we're going to see God's favor. I see it happening all the time. And I see people that I take through these dream launches as they are walking with greater clarity, being more intentional. All of a sudden, they start seeing things shift in their ministry. It is so powerful. So it's important for all of us to know our God-given purpose. Mm -hmm. It's important for us to get clarity of that and be intentional. I can't imagine waking up in the morning and not knowing my purpose. Right. But there are literally hundreds, thousands of people, Christians, mm -hmm. people that love Jesus, and they don't know their purpose. And if that's you that's listening right now, I want to encourage you to begin to seek the Lord. Because he doesn't play hide and seek with you. He will begin to reveal your purpose. And if you need help with that, if you, if you want to go through the dream launch, if you want some coaching, I'm willing to help you with that. But I'll tell you something, the Holy Spirit can speak to you. He can reveal these things to you. That's so important. Definitely. Another area 
in the book that I really would like to address is the corporate religious spirit. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to talk a couple of minutes about what, what is a religious spirit and uh, how does it work. Basically, it's a deceptive force that has worked to progress of the church throughout the ages. It's not something new. This has been around. I mean, Jesus dealt with with the religious spirit, with the with these religious leaders. Right. You know, religion in itself, and we need to understand this, religion in itself is not a bad thing when when we adhere to the world's literal meaning to consider divine things. That's what religion is, is considering divine things. So the word religion has, has three meanings in the word of God. It is outward religious acts, such as praying, going to church, um, it's the feeling of absolute dependence, and it's the observance of moral law as a divine institution. And that's where we can get into trouble. Religion is, to, is linked to worship. Uh, religion, when it's pure, it's powerful. Mm. But when we're around a religious spirit, you know, basically what religion does is it tells you what you can't do and who you can't be. And it begins to put limits on you, and it begins to set the, the moral law. And lots of times, the moral law of religion supersedes the law of God, which actually we're not under God's law anymore. We're under His grace. Mm -hmm. But religion really wants to keep you uh, chained up, wants to keep you bound, wants to keep you from moving forward. And so we have to be so careful that we don't get into this um, religious spirit. You know, I deal with this uh, thing called the Python spirit, which is part of the religious spirit. It's another manifestation. What the Python spirit does is this. It begins to uh, restrict you. It begins to suffocate you. And when you get into some of these places that they are operating in this corporate religious spirit, and you begin, you try to move out and you try to, you try to just be obedient to what the Holy Spirit's asking you to do and moving forward in ministry. And all of a sudden, this Python spirit just begins to suck the life out of you and begins to restrict you and say, well, you can't do this. And you can't do that. And, and all of these things. It's almost like you, you take this breath and then you go get ready to breathe in again. And when you breathe in again, it's that. Python mm. spirit, it just tightens up on you more and more and more where you become so frustrated because you're not able to walk in the obedience of what God is wanting you to walk in. And, you know, I'm sorry to say this, and, I, you know, and I want to set a disclaimer here right up front. <laughs> there's a lot of churches mm. out there that are doing a great job. They're not operating with the religious spirit. They have a kingdom mindset. They understand the importance of allowing the Holy Spirit to move. But there are a lot of churches, a lot of churches that are out there that are operating in this corporate religious spirit. They've got all these rules. They've got all these restrictions that are just sucking the life out of people. Mm -hmm. And they can't, they can't move according to the king's desires, his ways of and uh, his thoughts, what's Isaiah 55, 8, 9 says, the heavens are higher than the earth. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And, uh, you know, so we need to be 
operating according to the king. We're, we serve the king of kings and lord of lords. Amen. And we have to have this freedom. And if we're not careful and we surround ourselves around these religious leaders, it's not going to be any different than it was when Jesus was on this earth and he had all these religious people trying to tell him, you can't do this, you can't do this because it's Sunday, it's the Lord's Day, and trying to restrict him. And that still exists today. Mm -hmm. And we have to be so careful that we don't uh, get bound up. I've been ministering with this one lady that she was so caught up in the religious spirit. And she, she every time we're on a Zoom call or something, she's always telling me, I am so free now. I am so glad that the Amen. chains of this religious spirit has been broken off of me. I mm. don't feel the restrictions anymore. You know, and it's not like they're out there just free willy-nilly, just doing their own thing. No, they just want to serve the king mm -hmm. and be obedient to what he's asking them to do. And that's important. Amen. That's good. That's really good. Got all kinds of good stuff. So one of my questions I've got down here is, um, how do you hope this book will affect its readers? Well, um, I actually had a guy just finish up narrating the book for me, a guy named John, John Hill. And I asked John after he narrated it, because he spent probably 80 hours going through and narrating it. Wow. I had I tried to get another guy to narrate it. <laughs> <laughs> he had a great voice. Hint, hint. Uh, but, uh, it was, it's, it's a job. It was a big job. So I asked John, I said, John, what is the biggest thing that you've taken uh, from this book and narrating it? And he said, he said, the thing, the big thing is, is this. I don't have to ask permission for the Lord to do these things. He's already given me the authority. Mm. And so I, I'm out proclaiming, I'm out declaring, I'm out decreeing now. I'm awesome. moving in authority like never before because I get this revelation. Mm. And that's what this book will do. It will begin to give you revelation like never before. Let, let me give you one, one example. Um, I was doing a study on taking territory. I have a whole chapter that's given to that. And, you know, because kings take territory. We're called to be priests and kings. We are a royal priesthood. Yes. Right? So we're called not to be a king or a priest, but we're called to be kings and priests. Mm. And so kings take territory. And so I tell people, when we walk outside these four walls of the house of worship, we're walking out into the marketplace, and we should be walking out with the understanding, I'm here to take territory. Mm -hmm. I'm here to influence. I'm here to take back what the enemy has stolen. Amen. I'm here to move people out of the kingdom of darkness and moving them into the kingdom of God, whether it's through addictions, alcohol, drugs, prostitution, uh, abuse, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so I'm here to take territory. And so I got looking at that. And so I started when I, even like milestones, I did a, uh, I did a, a search on what, what does a milestone mean? And that's in the book. But when I started doing this study on territory, I looked up what is the definition of territory? What does that mean? And when I began to look at that, I was so surprised to, to see one of the definitions that said that government is always attached to territory. And I thought, man, that, mm. that is awesome. So whenever we're looking at territory, especially on this earth, either the government of the kingdom of God is attached to it 
or the government of the kingdom of darkness is attached to it. That's a good point. It's one or the other. That's profound. Mm -hmm. And so then I began to look up up, uh, this other thing was called spaced. So either we're taking up space or we're taking up territory. And when people (laughs) or churches decide to take up space, in other words, there's really no activity that's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, going in town and you see a strip mall and all of a sudden you see a sign on one of the windows in the strip mall that says space available. So you go over and you look in. Space available. You look in. And what is it? It's empty. There's nothing happening. Mm-hmm. There's no activity. And you know what? That doesn't bother the devil at all. Because there's no government attached to it at all. It's just neutral. And think about how many churches on the corner are just taking up space Mm. uh, because they've got good programs and, and they've got things, a lot of activities that are going on, but the Holy Spirit's not involved. Jesus name is not mentioned very often Mm. because it's more about promoting maybe their denomination or, or promoting certain activities and programs in the church. And, right. and most of the programs today in the churches, not all of them, but most of the programs, they program Jesus out. They program mm. the Holy Spirit out. So what are these churches doing now? They're taking up space. They're not taking territory. Right. And some of them, some of them, the nominal churches, probably even have the kingdom of darkness operating in them. Mm. And so there is a government attached to them. But when I think about this, and I think about, okay, so you have a church that's preaching kingdom, and the Holy Spirit's moving. Now, now this church is taking territory. And when I talk about the church, I'm talking about the people. I'm not talking about the building. Yes. I'm talking about the people. You know, uh, when, when Jesus said to Peter, I'll get back to the territory in just a second. But when Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That word church in the Greek was the word ecclesia. Jesus didn't say upon this rock, I'll build my temple. He didn't say upon this rock, I'll build my synagogue. Mm. He said upon this rock, I will build my ecclesia. Now, the temple represented worship. And when you look at the synagogue, the synagogue represented the teaching and the preaching and the fellowship. But what does ecclesia represent? Ecclesia represents the authority of the church. Because ecclesia, when Jesus used the word ecclesia, he didn't explain it a lot because it was a common word used in the Roman Empire. It was used in the Grecian Empire. And what it was, it was called out people from that community. Mm. They were called out to come together on behalf of their government, on behalf of their council, to legislate and to dictate what was being released from that council. And so they had incredible authority. And so when you hear the scripture say, where two or three are gathered in my name, when two people are sent out, they represent ecclesia. That's what they were sent out in twos. Mm. That's why that's why important. When Jesus sent the 70 out, mm-hmm. you think about that in Matthew 11. When he sent the 70 out, he said four things to them clearly. 
He said, everywhere you go, speak peace. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. We live in such a negative world. Yeah. Then he said, spend some time with these people. In other words, build relationships with them. And then the third thing he said was minister to the sick in the house. Basically, minister to the heartfelt needs that are around you. Then he said, the fourth thing he said, then, he used the word then, tell them the kingdom of God draweth not. Mm. It's available to you. That's powerful, but he sent them out in twos. So think about this. When two people are gathered together, a husband and a wife, when they are gathered together, you and Barbara, Mm-hmm. It is so important for you guys to have the right relationship with each other, to be one in the spirit. Why? Because you too represent ecclesia. Yes. You represent the authority of the government of God. And mm. when the two of you come together before the divine counsel of God and you get a download from the Lord, from the Father's heart, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on mm-hmm. earth as it is in heaven. That is powerful. Now you speak that out with your mouth. You begin to act that out. Now you're seeing these things manifested on earth. Why? Because you're moving in the authority of ecclesia. Yes, you still come together for worship. Mm. You still come together for the parsing of the word, whether it's through preaching or teaching, and you still come together for fellowship. But we have to understand, this is. here's a picture of this. Imagine Paul being in jail. He's a Roman citizen, and the Roman soldier... Uh, that was there finally came to the understanding, wow, this guy's a Roman citizen. He shouldn't be here. Mm. He shouldn't be here in the jail, but he had no authority to make a decision until another Roman soldier came along. Then the two of them together, they represented the ecclesia of the Roman Empire. So when they made a decision to release Paul, it was the same thing as if the emperor was there doing it himself. Mm. They had the whole backing of the Roman Empire. Now think about this. When two or more are gathered in his name, they are ecclesia, representing the kingdom of God and making decisions as they hear the downloads from the divine counsel of God, speaking that out, declaring that as ambassadors of the kingdom mm. of God. It's as if the king is saying it himself. Amen. Isn't that powerful? That is powerful. That's really good. That's so powerful. So so that's why taking territory mm-hmm. is so important. You see, the church should be an equipping center. The house of God, because yes. we are the church, so the house of God should be an equipping center. Yes. yes, we have people come in on Sunday mornings, you know, or whatever day it might be, and they come in to have an encounter with the Lord. They come to be empowered, inspired, equipped, and to be sent back out whether you do that throughout the week or however, but they need to be sent back out to take territory, to be salt and to be the light. I have a good friend of mine, David Ballastry. He's, he's in charge of a large apostolic network over in Australia. And a guy said to him, he said, look, what's the problem? He said, 97% of the church is in the city every week. And he says, yeah, he said, but the problem is they, they're not equipped. They don't know how to be the yeah. salt and the light. They're not influencing. They're not reaching the people. They're not taking territory. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've got to do. What does it mean to take territory? It means to start snatching these people out of the kingdom of darkness, start reaching drug addicts, start um, ministering in human trafficking, start going after people that have no hope, mm-hmm. that have no peace, and being the salt and the light in such a way, and even moving through miracle signs and wonders, 
Miracle signs and wonders is exactly what it is. It's a sign mm-hmm. to something more. If I'm if I'm going into Dallas and I see a sign that says 24 miles to Dallas, I don't pull up underneath that sign by <laughs> the ride. True. No. Yeah. And and when people are moving and being around signs and wonders, they can't stay there. Mm-mm. What those signs and wonders do is they point you to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. They point you to God's Word, which is alive and active. It's like a double-edged sword cutting asunder what's of the soul and the spirit, helping people to, to operate all throughout the day. It's trying to stay away from being soulish and moving into things of the spirit. And those signs point you to an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's how we take Amen. territory. Amen. I'm ready to go take some territory now. <laughs> Podcast ended. <laughs> no, that's exciting. And that's funny when you talked about the part about parking under the sign, because that's in your book. And I started laughing about that. Can't stay in that. You see the sign says 25 miles, so you go underneath it and park. It's like, no, you keep going forward. And, uh, That's right. And so this book, yeah, it's so encouraging. Milestones, I believe, and 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 when people read the endorsements, mm. yes, um, these people I've known these people for years. Mm-hmm. Some of thirty years or more that could really relate to these milestones that they went through personally. And I believe as people pick up this book and they begin to read it and they begin to take the time and reflect and ask the Lord, what are the milestones that I've gone through? Mm-hmm that will help launch me into a powerful ministry for the yes. King of Kings and Lord of Lords mm-hmm. and and be able to start writing testimonies, that, that two minutes of the hell that I went through and then writing two more minutes on how God came in. I had an encounter with God, how he changed my life. And then another two minutes on where I'm at today. And this is where I can help you to get set free. This is, this is powerful. This is why yeah. this book is changing so many people's lives. I mm-hmm. had a guy call me from New York, upstate New York. He bought 10 of these books to give out <laughs> to other people. He said, John, I started reading this book. He said, I went through the first two chapters. Wow. He said, I could identify with it. And, and, and these are real life things that people go through every mm-hmm. day that I went through, that Nancy went through, that we know that others went through. And so everything I do, even this podcast, everything that I do is for practical application. Yes. You know, the Bible says feed my sheep, not my giraffes, right? Yes. We got to keep it down to a level where they can receive it. So I believe this book will help people Mm -hmm. to not only receive the miraculous, even even if you don't know Christ. I even have a little thing at the end of this book where you can pray a prayer. Nice. Called being intentional with my life. And if you're going to be intentional with your life, first of all, you got to make a commitment to Christ mm-hmm. and, and understand what he did for you on the cross. And then personally ask him to come into your life. I Amen. have a page totally dedicated to that and even have an email where people, if you receive Christ, perfect. rededicate your life, email me and let me know. That's perfect. The book is available on uh, it's on, available on Amazon.com. It's mm-hmm. coming out in Audible real soon. It's going to come out in Spanish probably within the next month or two. There'll be a Spanish translation. Uh, we're hearing. Oh, I got to tell you one other thing, uh, Stephen. I had a woman text me, and she told me she said, "Look, I was reading uh, about the spirit of religion and the process to go through on." 
repenting and denouncing mm-hmm. and breaking it off. She said, I went through that. She said, I'm totally set free wow. from the spirit of religion. So there are people that are actually putting this book into work. application and they're receiving, they're receiving deliverance, breakthroughs, healings, and miracles in their life mm. just from personally reading the book and applying these biblical principles. Yeah, that's amazing. And I really appreciate that, Dr. John, because it, uh, it's not just a book. That's the thing. You know, when it comes to endorsing someone's book and telling them you need to buy it, this is one of those situations. You need to get this book because it's like a toolbox. It's You open it up and you start reading it, and there's so many tools. And literally, if you're disciplined, you'll apply these techniques to yourself. Just like Dr. John said, go through, put yourself in his place, write down some of those milestones in your life, Look at some of the things that he describes and seriously check yourself because sometimes we just don't know what baggage we're walking around into until all of a sudden we read someone's book and we're like, oh my gosh, he's describing me. That's how I feel right now. You know, so this is a... Yeah, I had a pastor yesterday Mm -hmm. uh, call me and said, I want 20 books, (laughs) training and equipping. A lot of people are taking this because every chapter... You can go through mm-hmm. and do training and equipping. Yes. You know, like I, I, I told you before, I'm doing a live webinar next month on the 25th of April. I don't have the link to that yet. I'm mm-hmm. doing it through something else. But when I get all the links, maybe I can give them to you so yeah. that the people can get those. But then I'm doing eight lessons to follow up on the webinar that really help people through. You can go through the lessons, and then I do a and a I do a I do a personal Q and A with these people once they've gone through the lessons, mm-hmm. and uh, and what's neat about the Q and A is this: the the first question they ask you is, what is the one thing that really spoke to you in this book? Nice. And then the second question is, what is the one commitment you're going to make? Nice. Reading this book, I thought that's powerful. Yeah, that is. You it know? really puts us on there, and uh, right. I mean. Yeah, and you already told everybody where they can get the book on Amazon. Just look Amazon. up. Amazon.com. That's, yep, that's right. Amazon. Milestones to the Miraculous. Yep, Dr. John Burpee. And right. uh, it's uh, it's well worth the read, folks. It's well worth it. And um, it's going to be the one of many, because isn't this the first book, Dr. John? It is. It's the first I'm book you've written. Writing, I'm writing another book right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, 40 principles. It's it's called 40 Days to the Miraculous. Nice. It's going to be emotional, but but each day it's going to be a biblical principle that will that people will be able to read the principle, mm-hmm. read the application, and even make a declaration. And there'll be a couple of testimonies of the miracles that took place. And so we're working on that. Nancy and I are working on that. Uh, uh, we're collaborating together to get that done. Awesome. And then. Um, at the end of the year, mm-hmm. uh, Nancy and I will have been together for 50 years. Wow. That's uh, amazing. I started dating her when she was 16 years old. So we're also working on another book where we're going to do uh, a 40 day devotional mm-hmm. for couples. But we figured since we've been together for 50 years, we're going to do 50 day yes. uh, one or, and the same thing. We're going to, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm on struggles that we had in our life and how we ended up walking in victory, how we worked through those. So each day we'll deal with a uh, particular part of our marriage, our family, our life, our finances, 
you know, all the different areas that people struggle with. Yes. And we're going to be real. We're going to be real with them. Yeah. And we're going to show them, yes, these things are real. We encountered a lot of this, and this is where we found the victory. So yes. we're getting ready to put that out uh, sometime uh, next year. So we're excited awesome. about this. Yeah, I'm excited too because every time you come out with a new book, we're going to have to do a show. So we probably right. got about another That's 20, right. 30 shows to do. <laughs> you know, Stephen, I, I really appreciate um, how you do these podcasts and you're not in all the fluff and you're not in trying to find big names and all of this other stuff. Yeah. You're just trying to bring the real everyday stuff to people to help them to walk it out you know and you're i mean you're you do exactly what i'm doing you just do it at a different venue but you're helping people get to their future mm. by bringing people like me and others and even yeah. what you're sharing yourself you and barbara share you guys are very very personable uh you're vulnerable uh you're the real deal and thank i thank you. you for that well thank you i really appreciate that dr john Dr. John. John's one of my mentors ordained in his ministry. He mentioned that earlier, talking about Destiny Churches and Ministries International Apostolic Network. It's a great network, folks, and we would get into talking about that in this episode, but we want to encourage you to go to the following episode that we did together, where we had a chit-chat with Dr. John Burpee, where he talked about the ministry, life, it's a great episode that you'd really want to listen to. And uh, we definitely thank you all for tuning in. I'm going to have Dr. John go ahead and pray. Right. And thank you so you much. Know, maybe uh, maybe some other time mm-hmm. we could do um, an episode on strategies, kingdom strategies. Yes. I was thinking about that because um, you're talking about Dr. John. I do have a doctorate in ministry, mm-hmm. but also I have a Ph.D., uh, in a uh, strategic leadership. And so I am a strategist. That, that's what I do. You see my website says I'm a connector, strategist, activator, developer. But I help businesses turn their Christian businesses into a real kingdom business mm. and helping them to become more effective in taking territory where they're at. I help churches with strategies. I help individual ministers uh, with strategies for their own life personally. Uh, we're working with uh, several people with these uh, uh, these uh, disruptive technologies. It's amazing. I have three or four different people right now that I'm working with with disruptive technologies and products that are going to blow people's minds. Wow. They're in the uh, they're in the uh, beta stage right now. They're being tested and proven, almost ready to be released on the market. And so we're, we're, we're working strategies on production, on monetizing, all these different things and stuff. So mm. it's exciting. These yeah, it sounds like exciting. it. But God, you know, this is all part of the Great Awakening, mm-hmm. is that the Christians start moving in authority yes. in the airways. And, and uh, you know, it's not about taking sides anymore. It's about taking over. It's yes. the kingdom. Preach and it. the kingdom of God is going to prevail big time. Amen. And it is prevailing. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. So, yeah, so I'll go ahead and pray, right? Yes, sir. Lord, I thank you for this time together. Mm-hmm. And again, I thank you for Stephen and Barbara and his family, Lord, and I just pray that you continue to give them wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, continue to open up doors for them. 
and, and uh, helping them to even get greater clarity mm-hmm. and being even more intentional in their purpose where they're going to walk in just incredible favor that's going to blow their mind. I mm-hmm. thank you for that. And even the listeners today, Lord, helping them to come into their God-given purpose, helping them to come into alignment with what God has asked them to do to where when they walk out of God's house, they're walking into the mission field. They're walking into the marketplace. Mm -hmm. They understand that they are a king and a priest, and they are out there to be intentional in taking territory, and they do that aggressively, but they also do it with a priestly heart, Lord. So I thank you for that, Lord, and and helping them to begin to snatch those that the enemy has taken and to take back, um, to take back and bring into the kingdom of light those that are hurting, the lost, those that are in, involved with addictions, Lord, and, and uh, coming out of just such hurtful things, Lord, but they're being brought into the kingdom of God. And we pray for those that may be struggling and trying to work through this, this corporate religious spirit, Lord, help them to be able to pick up a book like this or other books, or especially the Word of God, allow the Holy Spirit to begin to bring that revelation and helping them to move into a true kingdom mindset where now they are establishing kingdom culture, which is his ways, his desires, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so I thank you for that, Lord, that they're coming out of this, this religious binding, religious spirit and coming in to a kingdom mindset, learning how to be led by the spirit of God and not by their soul. So I speak a blessing over them. I speak revelation and helping them to move from one revelation to the next, to greater authority, greater power, seeing a greater manifestation of your glory with souls being saved, Mm -hmm. healed, uh, miracles, signs, wonders, empowerment, all of that taking place on this earth. I just declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, there you have it, folks. Dr. John. Hey, John, it's been great spending time with you this morning. Had an awesome time. Couple hours hanging out long distance. Thank God for technology. But once again, folks, Milestones to the Miraculous by Dr. John Burpee. You can find it on Amazon. And if you're watching the slideshow video, then I'll have everything posted so you'll be able to read it there. Otherwise, it's going to be in the show notes. Check him out. Get connected with Dr. John because, like I've said before, he's touchable. Him and his wife are touchable, meaning they're down to earth, very friendly, and they're kingdom minded. And uh, the more you hang out with them and talk to them, the more you'll see Jesus in them both. So thank you so much, Dr. John. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Hey, with that being said, hey, folks, let's get connected. You've got the links. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. Peace.